Welcome to the Dwelling Place Church audio podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message. We pray God speaks to you today through this message and through His Word. For more information about our church, be sure to visit us on the web at dwellingplacemovement.org. Now, it's time to listen to this week's message. Luke chapter 1 and verse 78. Luke 1 and verse 78 says, through the tender mercy of our God, with which the day spring from on high has visited us to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. Then he continues on, and in chapter 2, verse 8, Dr. Luke continues on with the biblical Christmas story and says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over the flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. I want to preach a message to you today titled, Down to Loose. Down to Loose. And before I do, I want to pray. Father, I thank you for access to your throne of grace through Jesus Christ who came down to earth. He came down to loose. And I ask that, Holy Spirit, you would confirm your word in hearts and minds with signs and wonders and with the power of the gospel, which is the power to save and the power to deliver. It is the power of God unto salvation and it is wisdom for us in our circumstances and in our times. Holy Spirit, make much of Jesus. We celebrate Him. We celebrate your tender mercy. I yield to you, Holy Spirit. Exalt the risen Christ today. In Jesus' name, amen. The gospel writers Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John speak of the fact of this coming down to earth as the following. That his name will be Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. The ruler out of Bethlehem who will shepherd Israel. God with us. He will baptize us with the Holy Spirit and fire. He will be great. He will be called the son of the highest. He will be given the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever of his kingdom. There will be no end. That holy one who is to be born of his kingdom. There will be no end. It will be called the Son of God. The Lord God has visited us and redeemed His people. The Lord God has raised up a horn of salvation for us as He spoke by the mouth of His holy prophets that we should be saved from our enemies, that we would be delivered from the hand of all those who hate us to perform the mercy promises to Israel's fathers the oath which he swore to our father Abraham to grant us that being delivered from the hand of our enemies, we might serve him without fear and holiness. 
and righteousness, to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death, to guide our feet in the way of peace. Good tidings of great joy, a Savior Christ, the Lord to all people, peace on earth, salvation prepared before the face of all the peoples and a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of Israel. For the fall and rising of many in Israel, the word becoming flesh and dwelling among us, beholding the glory of the only one begotten of the Father and a declaration of who God the Father is. What a down-to-earth we have here. These statements are super jam-packed with prophetic anticipation, with prophetic meaning, with truth, with prophetic fulfillment. And it's not our task today to unpack the depths of significance and truth that each of these statements contain. However... One summary theme regarding the birth of Jesus and this coming down to earth that's presented in these statements that's burning in my heart for us today is this. He came down to to earth to loose. He came down to earth to loose. Look at our passages again. Notice in Luke 1, 78, he says, Through the tender mercy of our God, with which the day spring from on high has visited us to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. Notice that. To guide our feet, to guide my feet, to guide your feet into the way of peace. Then in Luke 2, 8, it says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night, and behold, the angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, pretty powerful, by the way, that the angel spoke immediately to their emotions, immediately to their experience. He says, For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told Then watch this. Notice good tidings of great joy. And then they return glorifying and praising God. Guide our feet into the way of peace. Good tidings of great joy. And they return glorifying and praising God. Jesus came down to earth to loose our feet and to loose our tongue. Oh, he came down to loose our feet and to loose our turn. Let's talk, number one, about loose our feet. What does it mean to loose? It means to to let go. It means to free that which had been bound, that which had been restricted, that which had been hindered. Jesus came down to loose our feet, to loose our feet from everything that is not of the way of peace. Notice that there is a way of peace. Surely there is the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. But there's also the way of peace. Meaning there is a way of peace to live here on earth as we go through life. There is a way of peace as we go about our responsibilities each day. 
There is a way of peace for our marriage. There is a way of peace for our home. There is a way of peace that we can carry ourselves. There is a way of peace as we go about fulfilling the good works that God created us for in Christ Jesus. There is a peaceful way to go about life. There is a way of peace. I think about John the Baptist and what he said, and it's recorded in every one of the Gospels, this powerful statement. Dr. Luke records it in chapter 3 of his Gospels in verse 16. He records these words of John the Baptist, and John answered saying to all who questioned him regarding who he was, he says, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. This one will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Now this is amazing, friends. John can prepare a people for the Lord. John can be the prophetic voice. John can be the now word of God. John can be the voice crying out to you and crying out to people and crying out to us in our wilderness and in our desert season. John can give the knowledge of salvation. John can give the knowledge of that deliverance is available. John can give the knowledge that being loosed is available. John can give the knowledge of God's will. John can refresh you like water, but he's still unworthy to loose the sandal strap of a king who has been born. And here's what I need all of us to understand today and to apply to our life today. There will be a time, if there will not be many times, in your life that only Jesus can loose you. Listen to me, that we can have friends that can prophesy to us. We can have friends and people that can encourage us. We can have prophetic voices in our wilderness season and what we go through in the dry times of our marriage and the difficulties of parenting and the difficulties of building a business that God has called us to. But there comes a time when only Jesus can loose what we need in times of life. There are times that only Jesus can loose you from that which has been strapped to your way of living. That which has been strapped to your feet. To loose you from wrong restrictions and hindrances. I've never been a sandal type of guy. I know there's many. What are they called? I don't know what they're called. I just always think of jalapo. I don't even know what that word means. I probably shouldn't say it from the pulpit if I don't know what it means. Chocos, but I've never been a choco type of guy. But I know a lot of you are, and I celebrate you, and I celebrate your feet. But listen, sandals to me with the straps, I feel restricted. I feel more restricted than having a, a boot on. I know even though you got a little bit of your foot shining, you got your nails painted and a little bit, you know, showing and, and all that, but sandals always felt restricted to me. Either I want a full shoe on or I want to go barefoot. But Jesus came to loose us from that which has restricted us, that which has hindered us, 
Listen, I'm thankful for brothers and sisters. God's called us to community and we need brothers and sisters that encourage us and prophesy to us and stand with us. But I know there's some places in my heart and there's some places in my walk and some places in my seasons that no one else could loose me. No one else could loose my heart from the damage and the hurts that I brought upon myself or did to myself. I needed Jesus to loose me. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? that there comes times where we need the touch of Almighty Jesus upon our life. I told the Lord this week, I said, God, I, I, I love you and I, and I enjoy life and I'm thankful to preach, but I don't just want to be a preacher to preach. I want to preach and see your power loose people in the name of Jesus. Lord, I don't just want to be a community that comes on Sundays and we hear a word and we get encouraged and we hug each other's neck and shake each other's hand. Lord, I want to be a community where Jesus looses our heart and our feet from that which has restricted us, from that which has bound us, from that which has hindered us, from guiding us into the way of peace. See, sandals on the feet are related to walking. They're related to where we walk. They're related to how we walk. They're related to what we've walked through. When you wear sandals where you've been, what you've been through, the residue of that gets on your feet. The sandals that the disciples and the people of their day wore had the effects and residue of the places they had been. And when Jesus came down to loose our feet, he wants to loose us from the residue and the effects of where we have been, of what we have grown up in. He wants to loose us from those restrictions and loose us from the kingdom of darkness that has gripped our feet and gripped all of our feet at times. And I know it's very important that we acknowledge the kingdom of darkness and the severe wickedness that Satan does and empowers people to do. Murdering and things that we would all drop our jaw in a sense when we would hear of the devastation of such evil. But there's a temptation, there's a vulnerability that we overlook other ways of the kingdom of darkness. Pastor Craig set it up so beautifully last week. Is the kingdom of darkness also results in busyness. It results in a misguidedness, striving, and toil. It results in aimless conduct. It results in a way of violence. And the very beginning of violence is a need to control and a need of anger or an anger. It's the very beginning of violence. To not know healthy boundaries, to not know my responsibility before God and the way God's called me to respond to others. Kingdom of darkness, of strife and barrenness. And you see throughout this Christmas story here in the scriptures, 
how the coming down of Jesus to earth loosed and affected and led the feet of so many. Let me give you a couple examples. If you haven't this Christmas season read through all of the gospel account of things that takes place in the biblical Christmas story. Zacharias finishes his commitment at the temple, then he heads home to be with his wife. His feet is loosed and directed to go home so that they can conceive a long-awaited and longed-for child in promise. Joseph is led to stay committed to Mary even though she is found to be with the child. The shepherds go and tell others of what they have heard and experienced. Mary goes and visits her cousin Elizabeth who is expecting a son also. Here you see the feet of major people involved in this biblical Christmas story of how the coming of Jesus down to earth affected their feet. How it led them into the way of peace. The way of peace that God had for them. Jesus came to loose our feet. To loose our feet and to lead us into the way of peace. Now, you and I, we all, we face the balance question. We face these related questions to balance. Am I doing enough? Is God waiting on me or am I waiting on God? Can I be waiting and still in other areas that He's already made clear to me His will be faithful in? Can I be waiting in one area and faithful and productive by the power of God's Spirit in other areas? Can I still get things accomplished while waiting in another area for God to move, God to speak? There's these questions. Let us be referred back to the Scripture this morning. It said to guide our feet into the way of peace. It didn't say to snatch our feet, to take us in one blink of the eye, one snap of the finger from where we're at to restrictions we've had on our feet to the effects of darkness and sin and the residue of where we've been in our past and what we've been through to snatch us from that in one second and bring us into this way of peace. No, 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 listen. To guide us into the way of peace. He will guide our feet to the way of peace. He guides us. This is why Jesus uh, invites you and I and us today to follow Him. That as we follow Him, He guides us into the way of peace. It is a process of learning and being developed in our spiritual instincts to be led of the Holy Spirit and to be guided into the way of peace. It's guided. It's not so clean. It's not so clear cut of that all the areas of our life are in this way of peace. No, no, no. 
It's He's guiding us, and some areas are coming into His way of peace, of how to live peacefully on the earth, and other areas are still experiencing experiencing tension and questions and wrestling, and we're still dealing with emotions of anger and this and other areas. But what is He doing? He's guiding us into the way of peace. The point then is keep following Him. Because he's guiding you into the way of peace. He's not bringing you in one moment your whole existence into the way of peace, but he's guiding you to the way of peace. Can you see this year a different Christmas for you? Listen, Jesus came to loose our feet so that we don't look and act like everyone else during the Christmas season. Consumed with this anxiety and this pressure of a culture that seeks to corrupt the beauty and the simplicity and purity of what this season is even about. The power of the stillness of a God moment. The power of how perception can come through the stillness of a baby lying in a feed trough. I believe that we who serve the Prince of Peace are called to be following Him in the way of peace. I believe that He that came down the earth has the power and the anointing and the authority to loose our feet to follow Him in the way of peace. Can you see a different new year in 2019? Can you see a different experience for you in the future today? Jesus came down to loose you and to lead you into this way of peace. So number one, to loose our feet. And secondly, Jesus came down to loose our tongue. Notice the scripture highlights that the angel tells the good shepherds, good tidings of great joy. Then they return glorifying and praising God. Notice in the biblical Christmas story the effects of this coming down the earth of the Messiah, the promised King. But yet in a baby, the effects of this coming down the earth upon the tongue. He came down the earth to loose our tongue from unbelief. to loose our tongue from the unbelief that despite the residue of where we've been and despite our previous walk and despite previously what we've been through, that we actually, we actually can have great joy. That good tidings are still declared over our life. To loose our tongue from wrong expressions. 
to loose our tongue for right expressions. How many love that about the gospel, that it's not just a dealing with the negative. It's also an empowering for the positive. He looses our feet to lead us in the way of peace. He looses our tongue to empower our tongue to give praises unto God. I have found too many having an active tongue when they should have a quiet tongue. And I have found just as many to have a silent tongue when they should have a boisterous tongue. By active tongue, that's a nice way of me saying this morning, a tongue that's just out of control. Let's their emotions get the best of them, a tongue filled with anger, a tongue filled with unwarranted criticism, a tongue filled with complaining, a tongue filled with assigning blame. But often the very same people who are quick to use their tongue to get negativity stirred up in their life are silent when they should be praising and worshiping God and getting their inner man stirred up. This is Jesus' power to loose us from destructive patterns that have even been set and, and its effect upon our tongue. To loose our tongue. That Jesus put it this way. He, he told the people of his day and his teachings, he said, when you get asked to, to be inconvenienced by a Roman soldier, because by law they could ask you whether you're willing or not to carry their stuff a mile. By law they could. Do you know what Jesus said? He said, when you get asked that, when you experience that, your emotions ain't going to be happy about that. You're going to feel a fight on the inside. You're going to feel a sense of injustice. You're going to feel a sense of being hindered and restricted. But he said, you use all of that emotional energy. Instead of complaining and murmuring, you take that energy and you give praises unto God that empowers you to go two miles. In the Christmas story, you see this effect of Jesus coming down to earth upon people's tongue. Zacharias, John the Baptist, his dad, he got his tongue eventually loose from unbelief. Jesus came to loose our tongue from unbelief. And let me tell you, praise and worshiping God is a fruit of faith. And it's a vital part of the language of faith. Jesus wants to loose us from unbelief so that we're then empowered to give praise and glory with the fruit of our lips unto God. What I'm trying to tell you, Dwelling Place Church, is God's not called us to be a quiet church. God's not called us to be a, just a silent church. That He's not called us just to be excited and to be expressive and to praise Him when we feel it and to praise Him when things are going well. He came down to earth to loose our tongue in all seasons and all times to give Him praise and adoration that He is worthy regardless and that at all times we know one thing we should do even when we're not clear of all that we should 
should do. And that's to glorify God and to get the high praises of God in our mouth. I wish somebody would go ahead and do what I'm preaching to you today. I wish somebody would take God and his word today and say, my tongue's going to be loosed from complaining and I'm going to enthrone God above my complaints. I'm going to enthrone God above my circumstances. I'm not going to give place to the enemy in this place. I'm going to give God place in this place. I might not have a Christmas season like I want, but I can still have one thing. That's the high praises of God in my mouth. Hallelujah. This Christmas story of Scripture, so many people connected to the birth of Jesus gets their tongue loose and gets their tongue free to glorify God. You think about Simeon and Anna, how long their tongue was was hindered from being able to give the praise that, that they wanted. They're waiting. Here comes Jesus finally and they are able to get their tongue loosed and say, I've seen the salvation of God. What are they doing until they see the fulfillment of what God spoke? They're in the temple giving God praise. Listen, you give God praise in the waiting for the manifestation just like you give God praise when the promise manifests. It is the language of faith. Elizabeth, John the Baptist's mother, spoke out with a loud voice after her baby leaped in her womb at the hearing of Mary's greeting. Mary, the mother of Jesus, then sings a song in response. Zacharias, after his tongue is loosed from his unbelief, he prophesies. The shepherds, after seeing Jesus in the manger, return glorifying and praising God. We don't have a silent, a silent group, even in the silence of night when the Messiah was born. The effects of his coming down, though, looses people's tongue to praise God. Jesus came to loose our tongue from speaking wrong perceptions and ideas of who God is. To loose our tongue from anything hindering us from unashamedly singing unto God. You know, sometimes people see other brothers and sisters praising God and they say, well, you know, that person's just always been a vocal person or that person's always been someone that likes music and that's not the case. That's not the case at all. I never was big into music. I mean, I listened to different music growing up. But when I, when I came back and truly surrendered my life to the Lordship of Jesus, let me tell you, there was a fire that got on my tongue. And it's been something, it's been a key in every season to not allow my circumstances to silence the praises of God upon my tongue, to lift our voice unto Him. He's worthy that He's good. I got to tell you today to persist in praise. I got to tell you today to persist and praise. Persist in following the Lord in the way of peace. And as you follow Him, praise Him. As you persist in going in, uh, in the process of being guided into, and led into the way of peace, persist and praise. He's loosed your feet so you can be guided. He's loosed your tongue so you can praise. So persist. 
These are two things that are crucial for you and the things that you will face in the future. See, when God calls the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers of Ephesians 4 to serve brothers and sisters, he tells their main emphasis is to equip. You know what equipping means? It means also preparing for what will come. So a key, not just for what you're going through now, but a key for what you'll go through then is learning to persist and to praise. It's like when in John 6, other disciples, they, were, they began to experience some aspects of Jesus that, that they weren't expecting. You know what I'm talking about? You ever experienced that? When misconceptions about who Jesus really is, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth begins to deal with them and reveal them in your life. And, and a whole group of disciples begins to walk away. Jesus looks to the twelve and because he always gives the opportunity to stop or to persist, to be silent or to confess and praise. And he says, do you also want to walk away? And Peter spoke up and he said, and go where? You alone have the words of eternal life. See, when you get that, that place that there's nowhere else to go, I've already went the way of the world. I've already went the way of strife. I've already tried anger to fix it. I've already tried control to fix it. I've already tried manipulation to fix it. I've already tried bribery to fix it. I mean, I can't go to no other level to fix it. So I'm just surrendered. There's nowhere else to go but to follow you, Jesus, and to trust you even when I can't trace you, but knowing that you're guiding me in the way of peace the way of peace. But I'm going to persist and I'm going to praise. See, if you have persistence in praise, no matter what season you have been led into or going through, the Lord can navigate and work in your heart to bring you through it. Why do I need to persist in praise? Listen. We have to persist in praise because the fulfillment of this coming down to earth to loose us manifests first as a baby boy wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a feed trough. Wait a minute. God wants to loose my feet? God wants to loose my tongue? And the fulfillment of what He wants to do begins with a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a feed trough. What in the world do we have here? Well, let's think of this a couple ways. What does the face of a baby have to do with the loosing of our feet and the loosing of our tongue? Think of it this way. I have found people will go to a hospital faster to visit a newborn baby than to visit someone on their deathbed. I have known people who had a baby and the entire course of their life changed. See, a baby affects our feet. You who are parents know that. People will always do things for a baby that they will not do for others. You know, some of you that have wonderful new babies, you don't offer to feed me. When I get done preaching, I give you everything I got, spirit, soul, and body. 
holistic preaching. I'll run around. I, I mean, I'll get my emotions into it. I'll do my best to stay in the Spirit. But you never offer to feed me. But you'll do it for your baby. You're in there cleaning the hands of the baby, washing the baby's feet. No, you never offer to clean my hands. What am I saying? We'll do things for a baby we won't for others. Babies have this ability to affect us. You know what else I found? It's very hard to rush in life with a baby. A baby slows our pace. A baby slows life down. Requires us to slow and to give much attention and care to the baby. Like if you take a hardened man who's got like a sailor's tongue, I mean a real, real cusser, and you put a baby in his hands, it will affect his tongue. I'll say, oh, God, God, oh, Lisa. I mean, he won't go look at that little SOB. I tell you what, that's a, that's a good-looking SOB. I mean, you take a hardened man and he won't even say that. A hardened man's tongue will get loosed in the face of a baby and be, oh, sweetie, oh, gaga. A baby changes. It affects us in some way, unique way. You know what else? It's very hard to be loud obnoxious and have an uncontrolled tongue with a baby? That is if you want to get any sleep. See, a baby affects our tongue and the coming of Jesus is to loose and affect our tongue as well to praise and worship God with singing. It's like the Faith Hill song, A Baby Changes Everything. Did you know that the writers of that song, she sang it but didn't write it, K.K. Wiseman, Tim Nichols, and Craig Wiseman, they said this in a book they made about this song. To have a baby is to dream new dreams. To dream further into the future than you ever have before. This child will change who you are and who you will become from the first cry your dreams will never be the same. Well, this baby... Jesus that came down to earth, He changes us. He, he gives us dreams that we thought we could never dream before, that our feet could be loose from restrictions and controlled and in ways that are contrary to the way of peace. This baby, Jesus, looses us. It looses our tongue from having to be filled with rage and to just be controlled by our emotions and anger and unbelief. We can be loosed to praise God and give Him glory. They said that a when you look at a baby's face, a baby's face equals, it's like someone telling you to look and see the world with new eyes. When you go and you peek in our sweet DP baby's room and you see those babies, the faces of those babies, it's like someone in that face speaking back to you say, look and see the world, your world, your future with new eyes. There's something amazing about a baby who cannot use his or her tongue to talk or his or her feet to walk being used by Almighty God to get us to think about our own. 
something simply amazing that a baby who can't walk and a baby who can't talk can be used by God to get us to think about our walk and where our feet have been, where our feet are heading, what our feet is standing in, how we use our tongue. You know what I found? I found when I get lost in Jesus, He gets found in me. When I get lost, not just in the wonder of what's going on and the seasons I'm going in, but when I get lost in the wonder of God that first came down in the manifestations of a baby's face, when I get lost in the face of Jesus, He gets found in me. There's always some mystery involved in what we go through. And what we grow through. But if we'll fix our eyes on Jesus, if we'll get lost in Him, if we'll persist, and if we'll praise, He's guiding, He's growing, He's leading us. See, just as babies grow as a process, Jesus... Loosing our feet and tongue is a process. And experiencing all that Jesus came down to earth to loose us from is a process. But listen, in the beginning of the process, we see in the purity of a baby's face, the purity of God our Father's faithfulness to what He has promised in sending Jesus down to earth, even yet while walking towards experiencing more fully. Listen, it's in the coming of Jesus and it's in that face that we see the faithfulness of God. It's it's in the fact that He started the process. It's in the fact that He saved you. It's in the fact that He reached you. It's in the fact that He started working in your marriage. It's in the fact that He gave you the business. It's in the fact that He gave you the job. It's in the beginning that you see already in the smallness of it, the purity of God's faithfulness to grow it, to continue it, to sustain it, to be with you as He guides you, as He looses your feet and looses your tongue. It's His faithfulness. Someone say He's faithful. It's like God has a big sign as the young man on keyboards would come. It's like God has a big sign putting out to all the nations and putting out here at DP and putting out to me and you and to us today. Need to be loosed? Question mark. Are there some things you needed to be loosed from? And when we get an anticipation and an honesty of yes, there is. There's a big arrow that says, look here. Look here in the feed trough. Look at the coming down to earth in the face of a baby. This is the one who will loose your feet. This is the one that will loose your tongue. This is the one that will author faith and give you a language of faith that 
is empowered in praise and singing unto God. And it's in this tension. This is the one? Wait a minute. How is a baby, how is a manifestation of a baby going to loose my feet and loose my tongue? And it's tension. But it's in this tension that we learn and we are taught the language and the process and the way of faith. The Christmas story doesn't resolve the need for faith. The coming down to earth doesn't resolve the need to faith. The coming down to earth reiterates we still need faith. Why? Because the one that will loose you, the one that will loose you, started as a baby. There's got to be faith before you see the fulfillment. Where you see Him grow in you and grow to affect you and grow in what you're led in. Grow in how you talk and how you praise. And now we have a really good and interesting story or feel. Because without tension, we don't have a good story. If in the opening act, all the answer, all the questions are answered, if in the opening act, we already know the whole way how it's going to end, there's no tension. That's why I don't walk, watch Hallmark with you, baby. I love you, but I just won't watch Hallmark with you. The opening act, I know where it's going. I need some mystery. need some tension. See, they say that good stories have five key elements that go into every one of them. Character, the characters, the setting. In fact, I found out yesterday uh, my father-in-law and mother-in-law who oversee a church in Miami with the Salvation Army that uh, their, their church and parking lots being rented by a movie company that's pr- producing a Netflix a movie. And uh, he's a lot nicer than I, the price he gave them. But um, they're here in this setting of utilizing the area around the Salvation Army. So character, setting, conflict, plot, and theme. Now many of you may be aware of that. Especially you English buffs. But did you also know that good readers good watchers of film that they also are involved that they also ask questions to stay engaged in the story you know what the questions are who what when where why how to stay involved in the story to be a good steward 
of this grand story that God has created called His story, history. That good readers ask these questions to stay engaged. Now let's look at the biblical Christmas story. Who's the who? Well, we got Mary, we got Joseph, we got angels, we we got baby Jesus, we got Elizabeth, we got Zacharias, we got shepherds, we got some animals. I was gonna, I was gonna do a sermon called "On That Donkey," and uh, I thank God the Holy Spirit led me in the way of peace, because the rain came and it had to cancel the live nativity and donkey. How would that have worked if I'm trying to ride a donkey, but it's like imaginary? You know what I'm saying? That wouldn't have worked out well. See, he'll lead us, folks. He'll lead us in the way of peace. We got Caesar Augustus with the census. What's the what of our biblical Christmas story? The birth of Jesus of Nazareth. The when, according to the current calendar system that we follow, about 1 B.C. Most scholars would say according to the current calendar system. The where, we had got Judea involved, we got Jerusalem involved, we got the city of Judah involved, we got the city of Bethlehem involved. The why, the why is the faithfulness of God of thousands of years of prophecies foretelling that God would come down and be our righteousness and would save us from our greatest enemies of sin and Satan in selfishness and establish his good kingdom on the earth. That's the why. A new king is in charge. A new kingdom is at hand. A new way to live is experienced. A new way to be guided, to be directed. A new way to praise and talk is at hand. And you know what the how is? Simply God. As Dr. Luke said in Luke 1.38, For with God, nothing will be impossible. When God enters the equation, nothing is removed. Impossibilities are removed. Now listen, those facts are important, especially if you're a volunteer and you come to the Christmas party tonight. Those facts are very important if you're going to win at the Christmas story Bible trivia game and the great things that Pastor Craig will throw at us tonight. Those facts are important. One angel, two angels, who was it? That's important. But let me tell you what's more important for you today. It's where you fit into this ongoing story called His Story History. And it's important in all seasons. No matter what season you're in. Season of victory, a season of suffering, a season of process. A season of questions, a season of relational tension. No matter what season you're in, yes, especially in difficult seasons, to stay engaged in God's story by asking these key questions. Who, what, when, where, how, and why? Listen, it don't matter what season you're in. Do you know what the who is? The who's not you. The who is Jesus. Oh, how bad my seasons seem when the who becomes me. But in all seasons, when I am a good 
reader of God's history, the season is not you. The season is about Jesus. You know what the what is? Do you know what the main focus is? Listen, there's a lot to focus on this day, these days. There's so many opera, uh, offer, uh, available things at the, at the uh, marketplace. There, there's so many TV channels. There, there's so many billboards. There's, there's so many things to buy. Listen, there's a lot that we can focus on. But do you know what the what is to be no matter what? Listen, the good news. That's what set apart Joshua and Caleb from the rest of Israel. As they understood, it don't matter if we're in a season of testing, if we're out of a season of great deliverance, whatever season we're in, do you know what we're to focus on? The good news that with God, this thing is possible. Come on. The good news. That's the what. And you know when the win is? Paul the Apostle made it clear for us in 2 Corinthians 6.2. He says, in an acceptable time I've heard you. In the day of salvation I've helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Oh, it's now. What do you mean? My victory? My new experience? I'm waiting for No, 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 no. Remember, the face of Jesus teaches us the way of faith. And the way of faith is... It's now because God says it's now even before I see it. Because I'm hearing, I'm focusing on the good news. I'm like the prophet and the prophet's servant. He says, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain before I see it change. We hear a sound before we see the baby grow and change things in our life. We hear the good news that today is the day of salvation. That the King is at hand. That He's here to loose our feet. To loose our experience. And lead us in a way of peace. So go ahead. It's alright. Praise Him. Because now, today, is the day of salvation. That's not being fake. That's not living in a fairy land. That's living in faith land, friend. Hallelujah. Where's the where? Everywhere. All nations, all places, wherever you go. Wherever you go. It's the day of salvation. The who is about Jesus. The main focus is the good news of the kingdom. The why? What's my why in this season? Oh, it doesn't matter what season. It's always the same. You're created in Christ to experience the love of the Father that empowers you. Watch this. For the good works. Watch this. That you walk in. Oh, I thought it was good works I had to rush to. I had to make happen. I had to get so anxious and figure it out. God's will is not going to happen if I don't... No, no, no. No, no, no. Listen. The why is always He created you to walk in what He's already prepared beforehand that you should walk in. My God, the authority of His Word. We walk in it. We're guided into the way of peace. 
You're wise. You're a chosen vessel. You're anointed. That's why. You're the dwelling place of God. That's why. You're a chosen vessel to proclaim the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. And that then brings us to the good question we must ask. How then, God? How? The Holy Spirit, the Helper, that's how. Oh, the precious gift of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. He's such a comforter. He's such an ever-present help. He's more valuable than all silver and gold. Oh, the Holy Ghost is how. When you feel lost in history, when you feel so small and lost and insignificant in the greatness of history and his story, ask yourself these questions that are intended to keep you engaged in his story. When you feel lost in your season, just get lost in Jesus and he'll be found in you. He'll be found in you in your weakness. He'll be found in you in your suffering. He'll be found in you in your triumph. He'll be found in you when you get lost in him. Come on, just persist in following Him. He's leading you to a way of peace. It's a way that you've not known. He's unshackling you from restrictions that kept you from abiding in a peace that surpasses all understanding of walking in a way of peace that's sustainable, that's healthy for you and others and all that God's called you to. But when we go from what's known and we're in the process to what's unknown, it's just like being delivered from an addiction. We think the only people addicted in, in dwelling places people that's working through substance abuse. Let me tell you another substance addiction called adrenaline. Living off the real Mountain Dew, baby. Adrenaline. Listen, life can't be lived with the throttle just on adrenaline. There's a way of peace. Oh, it's hard for all of us, sometimes way harder for men. But it's hard, but it's God leading us. It, it feels weird, but he, listen, He's guiding us. He's not in the snap of the fingers taking us from what we've known to what we don't know, but He's guiding us. It's messy, but He's guiding us. He's leading us. And you can trust Him. Because the baby's face is the purity of His faithfulness to perform what He started to lead you into what He has for you. Come on, who's going to persist Him? Who's going to persist in following Him into the way of peace? Who's going to persist in praising Him as the band comes? Who's going to persist in remembering in all seasons the who and the what, the when, the where, the why, and the how of how you fit in His story regarding your involvement? Remember the who, what, when, where, why, and how. Listen, to persist is also to resist the devil. Oh, I can't imagine how angry and frustrated he was when he thought he had finally got Paul and Silas. Finally got them to give up the language of faith, to make it about them, and they're there in prison. And they seem to be restricted, but 
They've learned the tension of the way of faith and they just begin to praise God and they just begin to sing unto God and they just begin to worship Him and they just begin to say, God, you're worthy. God, this season, the who is not me, it's Jesus and the, the why is your glory and I'm created for you and, and the how's the comforter, the Holy Spirit and He's here with me and they begin to praise and God said, oh, faith, look, it's the door of faith for my power and grace to come in. And the prison, the restrictions were broken. The foundations that had been laid were uprooted. God is uprooting some foundations. He's breaking some walls, but He's leading us in the way of peace. Thank you so much for listening to this week's message. If you would like more information about our church, be sure to visit us on the web at dwellingplacemovement.org.